Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello, I'm Claire Venice. And I'm Geoff Lacey. We've popped back into Petersfield. To enjoy a spot of music in this week's Peapod. If you love Petersfield... I love the square. The hangers. The open air swimming pool. Lots of fun shops. Then the Peapod loves you. It's just a nice town. Everything Petersfield is in the Peapod. With Claire Venice and Geoff Lacey. Thank you for joining us in the Peapod. We're back in Petersfield to find out more about this year's Petersfield Musical Festival from director Philip Young and committee member Pam Buckley. And after postponing the festival for two years, the programme of events is bursting with musical talent. We also meet celebrated choral conductor Paul Spicer, who will be conducting the 18th Century Masters programme and in praise of singing at the festival. As usual, John Walker from the Petersfield Post has your latest Petersfield news and Susie is adventurous on a wild walk at Langley. We end the Peapod with a new song called Forever Young from local artist Harrison Reese. The P stands for Petersfield. It's like the best town ever. <laughs> the Peapod. Hello, Claire. How are you? I'm great, thanks, Joff. How are you? I can say forever young. Can I'm you? not sure I can. <laughs> So, how's the week been? We're back in Petersfield after two adventures out in the villages. Yeah, we brought our tents and backpacks back (laughs) from our journeys outside. They've been really interesting. I don't know about you, but I've really enjoyed going to the villages. And this is a plea to the other villages. Do get in touch. We'd love to come and visit your village to hear more about where you live, what goes on. So, please do just get in touch. Yeah, we've got more to come, more villages to come. Um, We're back in Petersfield this week to find out more about the Petersfield Musical Festival. Yes. Now, Claire, I know it's been, we've discussed this many a time. I appeared in in a musical festival in the 80s and sung a song uh, which is listened to at comes out at Christmas so I'm not going to mention it again I love it I, I have to I have to stop you there because I love how you don't like to mention it but you always do <laughs> but I don't mention the song I always mention what I had to do but I don't mention the song <laughs> so, it's called walking in the air <laughs> you didn't need to do that um, have you been to a musical festival I have yes I have because they do a concert for primary school children yes um and and some older ones but it's mainly the majority of of the choir is made up by primary school children so i have three children two have gone through it and one this year is taking part in it so i'm really looking forward to it because missed out obviously the last couple of years and i think it's so inspirational for particularly the the younger ones to see everyone else taking part and to see all the talent of people their age and just slightly older. I think it's a very inspirational thing to do. Yeah, I appear, I, I performed in probably half a dozen musical festivals, first in the choir and then in the orchestras. And I've got to say, the, the, the one that uh, stands out for me most, and I, I can still remember the arrangement, was our brass teacher did an, did an arrangement for orchestras and band, uh, Bridge Over Troubled Water, with the, the, the school choir singing and everything. And it was, it was a magnificent piece. What did you play? I played the tuba. Excellent. So, uh, hey, I had a nice little... Uh, the, the tuba and the trombones had a nice bit right at the end. So it was, it was lovely. How long did you play the tuba for then, Geoff? Well, I started learning a musical instrument at Hearn Junior School. And I wanted to play the trumpet because that seemed to be the... Uh, that was the, the glamorous brass instrument to play okay. uh, but my <laughs> and I remember what the teacher said my mouth was too big <laughs> and um, I couldn't pierce my lips together enough to because the mouthpiece is quite small on a trumpet whereas the euphonium which I went on on had a bigger mouthpiece <laughs> which fitted my mouth better why are we not surprised <laughs> <laughs> and then when I got to TPS or the comprehensive as it was at the end at the time I went on to the tuba, and I played the tuba from Crikey for seven, eight years. Still got it. Can still get a tune out of it if if requested. Do you? You you still get it out and play uh, it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the tuba, yes. <laughs> so Claire, um, I've told you about the instrument I played. Were you? I know you are a very talented actress, and went to LA. Um, did you play any music in this at all at school? I did, at primary school. I think we were all encouraged to play the recorder. Recorder, yes. Did you do the recorder? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 
So yes, did recorder. And actually then, I seemed to have a, a bit of a, a taste for it. I then learned all the different variations of the recorder. So there was a, a tenor, a treble, and then there was a little soprano one, wasn't there? A little small one. What, like a little piccolo type? Yeah, no. sort of like, yeah, yes. Yeah, okay. Um, so I, I played, played those, and then my mum, I have a bit like your embarrassing tale with, with your <laughs> song. My mum would ask my sister and I to play the recorders, all different recorders, um, at Christmas time, she worked at Abbey National, and it, as it was then known, right. um, in Morven. We lived in Morven, so we would stand outside with the recorders and various different pieces of Christmas music, and play to the customers. Much to our deep embarrassment, obviously, I still remember it now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I played that, and then I progressed onto the, the flute for a little while, um, which I seemed to have the right mouth for. And uh, but I didn't continue it. We moved, and and I sort of went to. A different school, and I didn't pick yep. it up, but I've always wanted to play the piano. It's one of the things I always yes, wanted to play. Yes, I think you're right. Uh, say, to be able to go into a room, a pub, whatever, and find a piano there and just play it, all the tunes, get everyone singing, having a laugh, yeah. That'd be a great feeling, wouldn't it? Yeah, it yeah. would be, yeah. But that's, that's why, you know, that's what's so great about this musical festival, isn't it? You get that wonderful feeling from live music and... God, we've missed it all. Yeah, very much so. As I say, it's the, the first big event in Petersfield for a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I when we did our 50th Peapod, which we keep talking about, but that was such a brilliant recording, yes. that live recording at the studio at TPS, where we did have live music, and we realised then how much we had all been missing it. Such a wonderful feeling. So um, good luck to the festival this, this year. I hope it's really well received. We love to hear from you, so if you have a story you'd like us to cover or would just like to say hi, please do get in touch, especially if you live in a village. We're on 01730 500 for a call or you can WhatsApp, and I'm in charge of the WhatsApp, or you can email team at shineradio.uk. And if you'd like to volunteer with Shine Radio, do get in touch. Whether you'd like to be in front of the mic or working behind the scenes, there's a place for you. Coming up, Philip Young and Pam Buckley have more information about this year's Petersfield Musical Festival. But first, here's John Walker with the latest news from Petersfield and the surrounding villages. Hello, John. How are you? Well, I'm not in the best shape this morning, I've got to be honest with you. Oh dear, a uh, bit of a mystery virus? Yeah, it came out of a bottle, bottle labelled Malbec. <laughs> Oh, good. Well, we'll keep this short and sweet then, John, if you're, you're not feeling 100%. How's the week been for you? All right, yeah. Not bad at all. I've been on holiday for a few days and I'm off up to Yorkshire tomorrow for three days and that'll be fine. So, yeah, it's going all right. Excellent. So what's caught your eye in the peace sphere over the last seven days or so? Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, it's lovely weather. <laughs> no, there's the uh, council here, East Hampshire District Council, approved their 1.2 million... Uh, divorce settlement from Havant Borough Council. So that'll be another big chunk of taxpayers' money uh, spent while they try to reorganise, re-employ, find new offices and do whatever they've got to do. So where's that figure come from? Well, out of yours in my pocket, mainly, Geoff, to be fair. <laughs> no, but how have they come to this decision? Well, there's a very nice 54-page report by the council, which I've tried to read three times. It's savings they've made, allegedly, money they've got from income, and, you know, however way you look at it, some of it could have been spent on the taxpayers or comes out of the council tax, I guess. I don't know. They're very quiet on that front. I think it comes from reserves. So is this the final figure, or is this still in the... Still in the uh, early stages? It's still in the early stages. I guess this probably isn't the final figure. They may go a bit under, they may go a lot over. But that doesn't actually include, I don't think, the redecoration of their new offices up uh, in uh, Bedford Road when the deal's done with those. So there'll be another few hundred thousand spent there bringing it up to spec for the council. And why not? Why shouldn't they have the best possible premises to work from? Moving on from... EHDC. Um, I had a little wander around the town, as as is my want on a Sunday, and I noticed a couple of cars had parking tickets on. Those parked outside Barclays and Edinburgh Willow Mill. You walk ten yards to HSBC, 
five cars all parked on the bend, some at an angle, don't have tickets. And that's due to restricted parking seven days a week outside Barclays, restricted parking outside HSB just Monday to Saturday. I say 10 yards between the, the, the two places. Why is there not restricted parking around the whole square and all along the high street? Well, before we get into this job, I'd just like to say a little bit of nostalgia. HSBC was previously Midland Bank, was previously the Bank of England. Just thought I'd mention that. Thank you very much. And the other thing I was going to mention, none of these parking restrictions apply to anybody at any time if they pull up and put their hazard lights on. All right. Right, let's not give anyone any tips, John. Well, it's true. I've seen it myself. If you walk through the town, there'll be half a dozen cars parked on the roadside with their hazard lights going, blocking the way, holding the traffic up. So and nothing happens. I've just got that off my chest now, Job. Is that why I always see your car with uh, its hazard lights on? Funny you should say that. It's, <laughs> it's so important that I just have to go into the news agents at that moment. I can't park in a car park and walk there because they're so far away from the town centre. <laughs> now, back to your um, original question. Who knows, mate, why there can't be restricted parking or unrestricted parking anywhere in this town? It's all decided by Hampshire County Council. They're the uh, roads authority. They decide who parks where. East Hampshire District Council then subcontract the enforcement of that from the County Council and supply the traffic wardens who... who give you tickets for parking where you shouldn't be parking unless you've got your hazard lights on. <laughs> but I think this then leads to a wider picture about parking in the town as a whole. If there was more potentially friendlier charges, so to speak, where potentially free on a Sunday or cheaper on a Sunday, so it gets people off the roads and into the car parks, thus making the town a more desirable place to visit. Yeah, OK, well, I'm going to go out on a limb there, Joff. I mean, I understand your thinking behind that, but at the end of the day, it's £1.40. It's nothing. It's £1.40. Probably a second of some high-flying London executive salary. £1.40, Joff. Is it the 40p which makes it difficult? Because who cares? A lot, of, a lot of people don't carry cash around anymore, but more than luck may have a pound, but when it gets to 10, 20, 30, 40 pence, they think, oh, I'm not carrying that around, and then don't bother. Yeah, but uh, you, you, I think you're trying to find something where there isn't anything. You can pay by credit card on the cash po- at the parking machines. It's straightforward, without any shadow of a doubt, laziness. People cannot park in the Waitrose Central car park and just wander up Ramswalk into the town. It's, so, it's a bit like me going to news agents. I have to go there now. So I pull up, put my hazard lights on, run in, get my Tory graph, run back out, and off we go. And I, and I admit that. But it is just pure, sheer, unadulterated laziness. And I don't care what anybody says about the reasons their child might need nappies this very second. But that still doesn't mean you can't just park around the back of boots. Spend five minutes putting your money in the machine, walking in the boots, getting your nappies. And, and in this world where walking is good, you know, it's not doing anybody any harm to actually walk up Rams Walk into the town. Well, especially when you look at the, the cost of petrol and diesel, £1.50, £1.60, perhaps we should all be looking at walking and cycling a little bit more. And that's a very good point. And I think we are going to be... Well, we shall see. I personally am walking a bit more. I find it a bit of a strange <laughs> sensation, to be honest with you. But How are your legs? <laughs> well, they were kind of dangling around <laughs> doing nothing for the last couple of years. <laughs> you know, it's like, but no, they're getting to enjoy it. So, no, walking's... It's something we know, everybody knows we should walk more. Everybody, when they get in their car, they really know they should walk more. And, you know... All of this combined now means at the end of the day you can do yourself a bit of good, your health, by parking in Waitrose and paying the council £1.40 for the pressure. It's cheaper than going to the gym. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, look at it that way. Put your lycra on, park in Waitrose car park and stride up Ram's Walk. Right, we've all now got images of uh, John Walker in lycra. Anything else in the Petersphere that's going to be in the Petersville Post this week? Uh, yeah, there was a bit of an unpleasant case. Uh, lads, well, lad, 
a man has just been sent to prison for uh, raping a woman in Chapel Street. Um, he got eight years for that. And it just goes to show that even in this town that is protected, it's not a, on the edge of a suburb or in a city centre or a rundown area, that crime is happening. Uh, particularly nasty and unpleasant crime at that. And I'm just pleased that when you look at the statistics of men who are arrested for rape and actually goes to court and charged and sent to prison, that the, the averages or the percentages are very, very low. But in this case, the person was caught and is now spending, will go to prison for eight years. And I think that's fair play to the police. Well done for that. And anything to finish on, John? Well, it's just good to see the farmer's market actually there. I mean, there wasn't one in January. The February's one was blown out or washed out, one of the two, I can't remember. So this is the first one of the year and it's, it's good to see it back in action. There seem to be a few stalls there than usual. And I know one or two have uh, packed up their troubles in their old kit bag and won't be back. So, But it's good that it's still going, I think. And it's, it's a nice thing on a Sunday. And wouldn't it be nice if the town was pedestrianised so that we could all wander up and down the high street enjoying the farmer's market, John. I knew you were going to say that, Joff. I knew you were going to say Yes. I am one who believes in pedestrianisation. I, I really do, and I think you couldn't do any better for this town than pedestrianise the high street. And everybody goes, oh, there's lots of reasons it will drive footfall away, where are the lorries going to get to do their deliveries, da-di-da-di-da. They're all things that can be got round. You know, with a bit of thought, you could come up and pedestrianise the high street in the square and it would be fantastic. It really would be nice, particularly in the summer. But all these issues people talk about can be got round. And uh, I think it's time that this was actually addressed head on, that the debate was had properly and uh, plans put forward and discussed. And if they get turned down, they get turned down. But we really need to lay this one to rest, I think, particularly in the light of rising petrol prices and the fact that we all need to walk more to get fitter or live longer or whatever it is that's going to happen to us. Great stuff, John. I will see you very, very soon. If I get back from Yorkshire, you certainly will, Joff. The Peaceful Post is out every Wednesday and costs 90 pence. I cannot stress enough, that is worth every single penny. So please do get one with your weekly shot or subscribe to the digital version. For more than a century, the Petersfield Musical Festival has promoted music-making in and around Petersfield. Originally organised by sisters Edith and Rosalind Craig Stella, the first festival took place in Petersfield's old Drill Hall in 1901. And from that ambitious beginning, with six choirs, various individual and group competitions, and a hall full of music lovers, the Petersfield Musical Festival has grown into a much-anticipated annual event, celebrating the musical talents of the Petersphere and beyond. Director Philip Young and committee member Pam Buckley join us now to tell us more. Hello to you both. How are you? Hello. Thank you very much for asking us. So, it's the first musical festival in two years. How's the plans going? How's it looking? It's uh, all ready to go. The rehearsals have been in in action since the autumn. Uh, Lots of groups taking part, orchestras, choirs, bands, schools, and uh, we're hoping that it's going to be as as much on offer as as we've ever had in spite of the last two years. Yes, we've got a full programme for just over the week. Starts on a Friday, finishes the following Saturday. And as Philip says, we've got groups from all around Petersfield and outside, like List Band, for example, are the opening um, group. And they've got the Petersfield Community Choir taking part with them. And, uh, and on it goes from there until we finish with our final big choral concert, which is called In Praise of Singing. And that's absolutely the tone of the festival. It's in praise of music making and doing that live and being able to perform with an audience. And we've just been missing that so much for the past two years. You mentioned in your introduction that the festival started in 1901. When it started, it was originally an entirely choral and competitive festival. So choirs would come from quite a wide range of, of uh, quite a wide area uh, across from Southampton on one side, across to, to Hailing Island, for example, on, on the other side, and then up to Hazelmere. 
quite a wide range, but they would all be coming uh, to sing choral works and, and to be competitive. Uh, so the geographical spread was quite big, but the musical range was comparatively limited. Uh, over the last 20 years or so, that has changed quite a lot, so that now the geographical spread is more focused on Petersfield, but the range of music and, and, and activities that we represent has very much widened. So, as Pam said, we have Liszt Band and the Community Choir. Uh, we've also got a family concert with the, with the wind band Meridian Winds, who are based just south of, of Butser Hill, uh, coming to do an hour of popular film music and um, other pieces that will suit a, 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 an audience with children between the ages of about four and 11. Uh, we've been doing this kind of concert for four or five years now, and uh, that's been a very, very popular innovation. And then we have uh, the schools concerts with 10 or 11 schools taking part, uh, partly instrumental, partly vocal, a lot of primary school children uh, involved who get a taste of, of what it's like to make music in a, in a big environment and in front of, 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 of a, a big audience. Uh, and they always remember that, uh, as I think Joff uh, would... <laughs> I remember, yes, I remember singing. I, I, so I played in about five or six festivals, but the first year was uh, at, uh, I was actually in the, the school choir, and there must have been a hundred, maybe more than that, children. Two hundred, two hundred. And we would step back in, you used to go raise up the tall at the back, and then you had the smaller ones at the front. And it was huge. It was lots of different schools, all with one aim of bringing great music. So, so as well as that, uh, we have the Petersfield Orchestra, who originally came out of the festival and, and for uh, many years now have been a, a, an independent group. They have a, a regular annual slot, one of their three concerts of the year they do as part of the festival. And uh, we also make a point of trying to bring some expert professional music making from outside. So this year we've got the Merry Opera Company coming with their wacky production of the Mikado, which is going to be terrific fun. Uh, they've been uh, touring this uh, around the south of England since the autumn, and I've seen it, and I can guarantee it is going to be a very good laugh. Yeah, I think that one's going to be great fun, and I've been looking at the pictures of the production. It's all got clowns and lots of it, lots of excitement. So that's on the Friday, Friday the 25th of March, so do look out for that one. And go to our website, you can book online and get tickets and also go to One Tree Books. Just coming back to what we were saying about young people, another important part of the festival is the link we have with the Michael Hurd Fund for Young Musicians. And uh, we give out awards throughout the year. Young people contact us and the trustees of the festival look into who we can give awards to it might be for help with buying an instrument or with going on a on a course and each each year we'll have a recital uh, that the awardees a couple of the awardees will perform so we've got that happening in St Peter's church um, and uh, as as Philip says we have lots of of opportunities for young people to take part in this festival so it's really for all ages and for all around Petersfield it's an absolute you know community event it really is Petersfield's got talent. I was say it's very inspirational to hear you know how much talent there is in our mm. area and brilliant to be able to bring them together mm. to showcase it all. Mm. Philip you've been instrumental in the musical festival for a number of years. How long have you been involved? In a number of years, yeah. yes. <laughs> I, I joined the committee because I took over the conductorship of Fernhurst Choral Society uh, in about 1980. And the previous conductor had been on the committee, so they said, there's a vacancy on the committee. Would you like to come and sit there as, uh, you know, to, to, to take part in the discussions about the choice of music and how the festival was run and so on. Uh, and it's just really spiralled from there. Um, a few years after that, I uh, stood in uh, to help with the youth concerts because the festival conductor was supposed to be uh, working on those and couldn't, after all, do it. So there was a kind of emergency uh, which brought me into those. Uh, and, and then, yes, it's just been a, a, a case of 
gradually getting more and more involved and uh, helping the festival to uh, to develop and adapt to changing circumstances really which is, has been very much what we've had to do over the last uh, 20 years or so. And I'm very much a newcomer actually. I was going to ask <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I've only been living in Petersfield for four or five years. Um, one of the reasons I chose Petersfield was because it had a musical festival um, I mean, you know, and it's in a glorious area as well. But it's it was so good to find so much music making going on here. And I think the first thing I went to was a workshop um, for the festival, Dyson Canterbury Pilgrims, which a fantastic piece, which we then performed in in the festival. So, uh, and I was more than pleased to um, to volunteer to come and get involved on the committee. And now I've been involved with putting the programme together because magazine publishing is my background. So, you know, people come along and can bring whatever experience they, they have and, uh, and help out. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I'm really the new girl. <laughs> and are you performing in the... Yes, in the yes, I'm taking part in both the choral concerts uh, with... And we've got Paul Spicer here today uh, taking our rehearsals and he is a conductor of great renown. So it's fantastic that, that we work with such excellent conductors and one of the pieces that we're performing this year is by Jonathan Wilcox he himself is a great choral conductor I sing in his choir down in Chichester as well you can see I'm a bit of a singing addict <laughs> and uh, and, it, and, it, and it's wonderful and the amazing thing is I've been singing in choirs for I don't know over 40 years and yet with this Petersfield Musical Festival I think pretty much every piece I've sung has been something new You'd think that, you know, you couldn't, you'd, you'd be just singing the same old, but no, you know, the, the, they make a point of uh, coming up with new challenging pieces that maybe you might not have come across before, which is great. The programme does look incredible this year, and I can sense the excitement of everybody being involved, and I hope that people come along and, and take part and, and watch all the hard work and the celebrations that everybody's been uh, working so hard towards. Thank you very much. Both of you. Well, thank you, and we're very excited too. Thank you. Many thanks to Philip Young and Pam Buckley. And if you're interested in finding out more about the Petersfield Musical Festival and to book tickets, you can go to their website at petersfieldmusicalfestival.org.uk. The P stands for Petersfield. I like going to the open air swimming pool and shopping. (laughs) The Peapod. This week, Susie is adventurous on a wild walk at Langley and meets friendly walkers with good dogs. Good girl. We've come to Langley but done a much longer walk and discovered about three houses that are completely out on their own. And Rain's very happy, aren't you? Because they we've met so many dogs and people, it's really extraordinary for us. But it's a Sunday, and a beautiful Sunday. And, you know, I don't normally mention geopolitical situations, but we all know about Ukraine. And I think we're all feeling very much for them. And one of the things I think it's done, and talking to friends, I think it's the same, is we're really appreciating what we have here. We are so lucky. Um, And it's a blue, blue sky. People are much friendlier and we stopped and chatted more than I think we generally have done since the pandemic. And I love to see people happy with their walking. And I think just being out here is, is certainly good for our mental health and it is affecting but it really was just wanting to share with you the the joy it's it's kind of wrong it's that dichotomy isn't it it's I feel wrong to feel joy but i totally do but looking at this wonderful planet that we have and just thinking we we really all need to protect it because well it's just the best thing there is we're so lucky and we're so lucky to sort of even live where we do in our tiny way and have such wonderful walks all around us, which is what I try to celebrate every week, as you know. So we've met a five-month-old little black Labrador called Benji, who is tremendously sweet. Rain's very good with puppies and uh, tolerates a lot of stick, which often bitches don't. 
Um, if you can hear that sort of soft susurration, that's just the trees gently swaying. The Forestmere Lake is totally glistening. And normally all I meet are a few sort of interns from there who are sort of making a break for freedom and chips. Um, but clearly everyone today, some have been actual ramblers. Um, some are all sort of linked up by rope with all their sort of stay-dry maps and so on. It ought to be a good collective noun, actually, for a lot of walkers with maps. Maybe a gator of walkers or something like that. Um, but we're now in the, in the big Langley field looking out. And what I love is, is although there are so many walkers... The common is just completely empty, apart from Richard and Rain. So I'm going to join them. We're going to go and have a drink in the pub. And life here feels as if it is returning to some semblance of normality. And we are a social species. And I think it is good for us to, to talk. So go out and chat and have a lovely week. It's Rain come to join me. Good girl, are you back? Rain, say goodbye. Good girl. Coming up, we meet choral conductor Paul Spicer. But before that, here's our latest What's On Guide. The Peapod Events Guide. What's on in the Petersphere? On Saturday the 12th of March, the Petersfield and District Beekeepers Association are holding an apiary frame and equipment making day. Starting at 2pm at the apiary, learn how to make up the frames and boxes that are needed for the year ahead and chat and eat cake too, of course. The Petersfield Musical Festival takes place from Friday the 18th of March until Saturday the 26th with an eclectic programme of concerts taking place at the Festival Hall. More information and how to book tickets can be found at peacefieldmusicalfestival.org.uk. Petersfield's Bicycle Buddies will be at the Avenue Pavilion on Sunday the 20th of March between 11.15 and 2.30. Come and meet your local cycling group and set up your bike for the spring riding season with a pro. Refurbished bikes will also be on sale and there'll be a parts exchange as well as coffee and cake. East Hampshire District Council and Dementia Friendly Petersfield are hosting the second East Hampshire Dementia Festival on Friday the 8th of April at the Festival Hall. Taking place between 10am and 4.30pm, the drop-in event is free and provides people living with dementia, their families and carers, advice and a variety of activities to try. If you'd rather stay in, there's always your local radio station, Shine Radio, to listen to. You can choose from a selection of great programmes, which are available to listen to on demand, or tune in to the brighter mix of music, local news and weather. There's a new episode of The Drinking Programme now available to listen to. In this monthly celebration of all things quaffable, Phil Humphreys visits the Hambledon Vineyard and Camber Wines, and Mags Rivet discusses the very adaptable Chardonnay. There's a wine for everyone. To listen to drinking and other programmes, tune in to shineradio.uk, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And to find out more about local events, go to shineradio.uk forward slash events. If you're running an event, get it in the guide at shineradio.uk. We're thrilled to meet Paul Spicer, who's one of the leading choral directors in the UK. As well as a conducting teacher, composer and writer... Paul has taught choral conducting at the Royal College of Music and at the Birmingham Conservatoire. Paul is also one of the leading specialists in 20th century British music, has been the senior producer for BBC Three and is a regular guest conductor with the BBC Singers. And he's conducting two concerts at this year's Petersfield Musical Festival. We're delighted to have him with us now. Hello, Paul. Hello. It's lovely to be here. Nice to meet you. Thank you for talking to us. Is this the first year that you are conducting at the Petersfield Musical Festival? No, I have been the uh, festival conductor for 12 years, 10, 11, 12 years. I can't honestly remember how. So I've been going to Petersfield for a long time. And it's become a very enjoyable and stable part of my life over all these past years. So I've built up a very st strong relationship with people here and made lots of good friends. It's a, it's a lovely place to come to. And how's it been not being able to have a festival for two years? 
Oh, goodness. Um, it, well, not just not a festival, but um, hardly anything happening at all in the world. And musically, of course, it's been disastrous. Um, the arts have been probably hit as badly as, uh, as any other industry, really. Um, no, it's been dreadful. And, you know, I think when you are not doing it, um, and people are not singing um, or acting or whatever the other activities you know that, that might be in their arts world, um, you realize just how important all this really is. Um, you know you realize that how, how central it is to people 's sense of well being and especially people who are not musicians by profession, but they're, they're you know, ordinary people in the street who, like, who happen to enjoy singing and really get something out of it. And, and also, of course, there's all the social aspect of it. You know, when people come here, you know, a hundred odd people in each of these choirs, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a terrific proportion of the community actually coming to, to take part um, as performing members of this festival. And it's, uh, it's a really wonderful thing. And I may shout at them, and I may get, you know, but it's, a, it's, a, it's, always, it's always shouts of encouragement. <laughs> I, mean, I think this year is going to be a real celebration, isn't it, of bringing music back to Petersfield? It is, and I think the two concerts we've got um, are also really, in a way, reflect that, um, because the, the, the music is so hugely energetic, or much of it is, um, that, it, you know, people, it's, it's like um, releasing the, the pressure cooker, you know, uh, we've been building up, and it's been bubbling up inside, and you take the top off, and oh, and the steam goes, you know, it's, it's, it's marvellous. And uh, this festival is going to be probably the first big festival that, um, or event that the festival hall's seen uh, since they've yes, stopped doing the vaccinations. Not, exactly, yes. I mean, and there was a bit of a worry over that that we might not be able to because they were <laughs> thinking of going on doing the vaccinations for longer. But fortunately, um, that's not happening, well, at least from, from our point of view. Um, and anyway, in time, really, because the, it is all subsiding gradually um, in the background. You know, we, we're being a bit optimistic about this. Um, and so, yes, it's, it's marvellous that we're able to be back in there. Now, you're a choral conductor. How did you start off in your career? Well, I was a chorister at New College in Oxford. Um, when I, was, I, so I went at uh, the age of seven. Um, and not something if I um, had children of my own, I would not send them off at the age of seven to boarding <laughs> school. Um, but uh, it, was, it was a wonderful experience, at least um, the, as far as the choral music was concerned. I won't say anything about the school. Um, but, but singing in the college chapel um, and with the wonderful um, David Lumsden, who is the father of Andrew Lumsden, who is the organist at uh, Winchester Cathedral now, um, he, did, he really inculcated a, a wonderful sense of a, a love of choral music um, in me. And that, as it does with many young children, I'm glad to say girls as well as boys now, um, you know, really uh, set me alight. Um, I, music was in the family all the time. My mother was a concert pianist and my father was an amateur cellist. My grandfather was an organist of Ox Oxford College as well. So, you know, it was very much in the blood. Um, sort of in a way waiting to come out but um, uh, that's really what really got me started and then I think um, in, when I was growing up and, and going through um, the Royal College of Music myself as a student um, we didn't teach choral conducting um, everybody taught orchestral conductors but they didn't teach people to conduct choirs and so um, years later I had this um, yen to actually start teaching people how to conduct choirs um, and, I, and I was the, one of the first um, two people in the country to actually um, formulate a, a master's degree um, at, in the skill of choral conducting. And that's now, I mean, it's, it's blossomed all over, all over the country, really, and so on. So it's been, a, it's been quite a mission, really, to, to get people to conduct properly. Because the trouble with, with choirs, you know, people will basically accept anything you do. If you conduct, with an, or conduct an orchestra, they will not. They will laugh you off the platform. <laughs> so you, you learn the hard way. <laughs> Yeah. And I think it's, it's just very important that choral conductors are, are, are taught in the same way, you know, that uh, we, we do, the, do the right things. It is interesting because a choral conductor is not something I really am that familiar with, so it's very interesting to hear your, your journey into it. Yes, and of course it's, it's also different because you're dealing with voices as opposed to instruments. You know, you have a violin, um, uh, or you have an oboe, and it sounds like an oboe, and it plays like an oboe, and so on. But with a voice, you know, you can make a voice do anything. You can... Oh. You know, there's all sorts of different ways you can approach singing. And therefore, in, in that way, uh, a choir can be as colourful as, as an orchestra, really. But you have to have someone in the front who sort of knows how to make the voice work in that way so that you can get all those colours. And what are you going to be performing at the festival? 
Well, in the, the first concert, we're doing a Dixit by Vivaldi, Dixit Dominus, um, which is... Uh, the, two, the two composers in this first concert, Haydn and Vivaldi, are two composers I would really have loved to have met. Um, Vivaldi, both for very different reasons. I think Vivaldi was, he was one of the most, obviously one of the most driven men imaginable. I mean, all his, almost all his music has this incredibly pulsating energy. I mean, it's very thrilling. Um, and people will absolutely love this piece. I mean, it's, it's, it's full of, it's all about a vengeful God, you know, who wants to control everything. It's really Old Testament stuff, you know, you dig the boot in. You know, it's, it's a real, it, it, it's got a huge amount of that rather angry energy in it. Um, but then also, um, as you need in music, it's got, it's got contrasting, rather gentler movements, flowing movements and so on as well. Um, but you can always tell um, with the choir, you know, they, 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 you, you, you sense immediately whether they're enjoying something. And straight away, you know they're there with this that terrific energy in the music. Um, so that, that's a really help. Um, and then uh, the other piece is, is um, Haydn's Mar Marriott Selamas. Now, Haydn I would love to have met because I think he had the most wonderful sense of humour. Um, I think he was a real grandpapa. Uh, a lovely, warm, open man um, who had a, a, a real feel for, um, for people and for, for just um, a, a lovely, with a lovely sense of hum real human nature. Um, and rather like a, you know, a lot of people in those days um, who had very strong Christian faith, um, you can always tell, I mean Bach for instance, he, 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 he wanted us to, in writing, when he was writing funeral music, he would write more quick music than ever, because he wanted everybody to scamper to heaven, you know, <laughs> leave this dreadful earth and scamper to heaven. Um, and with, with Haydn, um, it, it's always the Benedictus movement, which is, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Um, and you could feel him wanting to do that rather quicker march, you know. A lot of, pe a lot of composers, when they're writing Benedictuses, they do rather gentle solo movements, you know, and it's rather reflective. But Haydn's on a mission, you know, and it's, it, I, I love that. And so there's, there's a real... Um, as, with, as with the Vivaldi, there's a lot of very energetic music. We just this morning had a, an orchestral rehearsal with the strings, and they've got more semiquavers to play. You know, they're just scampering away. Um, it's thrilling, you know, and it's going to be a wonderful concert. And, you know, there's nothing there which, which is uh, going to be anything other than um, it's really exciting for the listener to sit and actually, you know, they'll be on the edge of their, chair, of their chairs, really. And you're also conducting a second concert here during the festival. What's that one going to be about? Yes, the last night uh, we have, again, two wonderful choral works in this. Um, contrasting this time, one by our festival president, Jonathan Wilcox, who is the, the son of the famous Sir David Wilcox, who was organist at King's College, Cambridge, for many years, um, and uh, who is a wonderful choral conductor, orchestral conductor, composer um, in his own right. Um, and uh, we're doing a, a piece of his which was written um, to be sung in the Albert Hall by a, a huge choir, which is called In Praise of Singing, uh, which is a, a, a... What more appropriate title could we have, given what we've just spoken about after two years of, uh, of nothing going on, really? Um, it's a lovely piece. It's, it has um, three contrasting movements, um, where the, the second movement is, is, is quite a long kind of meditation, really. It has a lovely floating oboe solo and a cello solo, and the choir hums in a kind of dreamlike way. And then the last movement is extremely energetic. It's like a sort of sudden boot in the, in, in, in the solar plexus, and off you go. Um, so it's, that, that's a, 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 I think people are going to really enjoy that because it's, it's got something which is just different from um, what we did in the first concert we've just been talking about. Um, and it sets off this, uh, this, this net, the last uh, concert of the festival, I think, with something that's sort of gently contemporary. So it's nice to do something which is sort of up-to-date and the composer will be sitting in the audience. And that's always a little bit of a... Um, uh, concentrates the mind, you know, for the, for the people sitting on the stage. And then in the second half, um, Mendelssohn's um, Hymn of Praise, which is a... Um, a really thrilling piece of music. Sometimes um, there are bits of Mendelssohn that can sound a bit sentimental, um, a bit Victorian. But this piece um, is just pure outpouring of praise. It is so, 
Um, I, I shall be in a, in a, in a, in a, a, a absolute drenched at the end because I shall be so <laughs> active in, in, uh, in conducting this and trying to get the most energy out of people. Um, but almost, you, you almost can't help it. It's, it's rather like the Vivaldi or, or parts of the Haydn, you know, again, which are, are full of energy. Um, but Mendelssohn is also, um, he's very good at writing lines which, which intertwine with other lines. So that might not mean terribly much to you, but actually, you know, if you get a, um, a bass line, for instance, starting off, then you get the tenor line coming in after it, which is, which is um, doing the same sort of tune, but sort of harmonising with it. Then you get the altos, then you get the sopranos, and they're all doing these wonderful lines. And everything becomes intertwined, and it grows, and it builds in the texture, and the orchestra's you know, having fun as well. Um, you know, it's, it's quite difficult to just to sort of explain it like that, but it is something which, it's electric. And, uh, you know, people really should come and listen to this music in, in Petersfield because it's, uh, you know, it's, it's a small town. And this is a wonderful festival to have in the middle of it. And it, it is a, uh, something which I think almost anybody will enjoy this music. Just hearing you talking about it has got me excited and looking forward to it, well, actually. So I can't wait to listen you. to some of the rehearsal, I think. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great to talk to you. Thank you very much, Paul. It's a real pleasure. To nice to be with you. Thank you. for this week's Petersfield Musical Festival Peapod. Thank you for joining us. Thanks also to our guests, Philip Young, Pam Buckley, Paul Spicer, John Walker, Susie Wilde and the composed team at Shine Radio who support the show and help to put it together. We end this week's Peapod with a new single called Forever Young from local artist Harrison Reese. So from Claire and I this week, bye! bye. Live life to the full Carry out our dreams together I live for the here and now Cause who want to live forever Let's make the most of every minute that we have And keep our memories in our minds It's like a photograph Life to the full, carry out our dreams together. I live for the now, stop losing sleep and don't surrender. To the price, let it lead the way, not hold you back. If tomorrow never makes it here, at least we'll have that. Sing under the stars Hear the music we play Like a thousand guitars Run over the sand Wash the waves, wash along Let's go up Let's stay forever young Forever, forever, forever young
to the full and carry out all our dreams together. I live for all I hear now, 'cause you want to live forever. Let's make the most of every minute that we have and keep our memories in our minds, just like a photograph. Dance in the rain, or sing under the stars. Hear the music we play, like a thousand guitars. Run over the sand, watch the waves wash along. Well, let's grow up, but let's stay forever young, forever, forever, forever young. So I've always been keen on gardening forever. Petersfield Gardening Royalty, growing together on Shine Radio. Give it a go this year. You never know, and we're here on hand if you have any questions. Growing together with Claire Venice and Steve Amos, new every month, and always online at shineradio.uk. 